welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And this is Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products produced and packed in California, USA. And today's episode is also brought to you by Sheila Darling Coaching. Sheila Darling is a social worker, certified hypnotherapist, and mindfulness meditation teacher. And we will hear more from our sponsors later. Um, But now you can't, well, not now, later, (laughs) also later, even later, later, go to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. No, just right when you're done, right when when this episode is over, go to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page. Um, And see if you can give any of our sponsors your business because the sponsors are what makes this podcast possible. Um, And while you're there, you can scroll down and enter your email address and get episodes sent straight to your inbox every Monday. And uh, Diane now, I think, has our review of the week. I always say I think, but I know for sure. I know. (laughs) I know it's a fact. I'm not just going to show up with this review. I think Diane has our review of the week. (laughs) I don't want to be all presumptuous and just assume that she has it. Well, I do. So you happen to be right this week, Abby. (laughs) This comes from, let me move it a little bit here. I got all these screens and everything going here. So this is from Kim from Rochester. And she says, you've made me smile during the most isolating time. Thank you so much for your podcast. I discovered it around the start of the pandemic when my last baby was nine months old. He's now 22 months. Just a little separation from this. I had to like really do the math in my head to figure out how long this pandemic has been. (laughs) Like, I was like, holy shit. I know. Nine months, pandemic, 22 months. Like, I was like, wow. Math is not my strong point. But we get it. Yes, we do. It's been a long time. He's now 22 months and I was in tears tonight about weaning my last baby because I feel it's time, but it's such a loss to know you're done after you've gone through so much to make it work. I've listened to every episode. I eagerly await the new one every week still. You've gotten me through late nights unpacking after we moved, got me through my doing endless dishes and laundry with three kids home 24 seven. This has been the most isolating time and I cannot thank you enough. I've been through so many breastfeeding problems breastfeeding each baby longer than the next. I'm not going to share all the bad experiences I've had with medical professionals. Just thank you for the opportunity to listen and hear that I am not alone. Please, please, please do a parenting podcast. Remember you mentioned, I remember you mentioning it a while ago. You make me feel that what I have done to be a responsive parent is worth it and continue to give me the confidence in my decisions. Thanks so much. P.S. I love Abby's comments about capitalism too. Right on. (laughs) (laughs) so we are so happy to have been with you through all the things i can't imagine moving with three little kids during a pandemic oh my gosh i know that's not moving anyway sounds awful but then add anything exactly moving is terrible oh but add the rest to it oh my goodness and it's just so much i felt i don't know what i would have done if i had like a baby and then toddlers during a pandemic where you can't leave the house and you're schooling with them and you're doing all the things and it's yeah. just it's so much and yeah, this I'm has so been glad a really we were hard there time, for you guys yeah it's been really really hard yeah and we are doing uh, the parenting podcast yeah, speaking of the parenting podcast good call i was like we got to tell these people that we're doing, <laughs> doing another podcast because nobody knows nobody knows um, it's our secret yeah, so check it out. It's called Revolution Parenting because we're starting a parenting revolution. 
and you can find it on iTunes. I think it's coming to all, it will be in all of the places where you find podcasts. I think that it takes a little while to get to some places like, I don't know, Spotify or no Spotify. It's on Spotify now. Okay. Yep. Spotify's up. iTunes is up, but I think some of the other ones are like filtering through. So you'll find it, but it's out there. So you can, yeah, listen and, and okay. Yeah, we'd love to. Yeah. Yeah. Today we're gonna bust so, some. Yeah, you can leave reviews on iTunes or anywhere you want. And oh, I forgot about that yeah, part. That's all right. I'm they just know. sitting here. They hopefully you know. Yes, they know. You, you hear we're my spiel every week. I'm just sitting here holding <laughs> my cup of coffee, ready to <laughs> complain about our topic. I know. Yeah. Here's a. Here's a. Here we're getting into a controversial topic today. Who knew that the fat content of breast milk could be a controversial topic? Well, I knew because I'm on social media. Um, and so I know that if you want to like tear the walls down today, you can just talk about like fat content and breast milk and everyone will lose their minds. And everybody thinks they know what they're talking about too. Everybody is an expert. Oh, everybody's an fat expert. content in breast milk. Yeah. So we're going to break it down. And I don't know, you probably, if you guys heard of fore milk and hind of milk. Because you um, know your breast just like slams the door on the fore milk after 10 minutes and start opens the door to the hind milk. Right. right? Like, yeah. Doesn't right. your There's breast work like that? <laughs> and, and one more thing to worry about. That's what you need is right. one more thing to uselessly and needlessly and unnecessarily think about and worry about. Cause I hear that all the enough. time. Well, is the baby been on long enough? Are they going to get the hind milk? What if the baby doesn't get the hind milk? The doctor said to, that if I leave the baby on for this long, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 18 minutes, whatever, put in a number, then the, the baby's going to get the hind milk. So if the baby wouldn't stay on that long. So now they're not going to get the hind milk. Fucking doctor. Right? The hind milk, the hind milk. Where's the hind milk? I hate it. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about what is four milk and what is hind milk? What is that? Do we want to, do we want to read the thing or what should thing? we just, the... Um, Nancy Moorbacher. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we can, I mean, read the whole article. No, not the whole article, but she had some good points in here. And she does have a good, some good points in here. So we're going over like, um, Nancy Moorbacher is a lactation consultant who writes a lot of books and things. And she has a, a, <laughs> a, um, a great post, um, about four milk and hind milk. Um, and she really just breaks it down. Um, about what, w- why this concern and why these worries are not necessary. And this article is from 2010. And one of the books that she is referencing in here is from 2003. This has been going like, we're t- almost 20 years later now. And people are still like, oh my God, four milk and hind milk. I know. I hate the person who like even just came up with this. I know. Who decided this? I have my capitalist suspicions. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's totally out there. Um, so four milk is the milk that your baby gets right when they start nursing. So it is, you know, the, the milk, the first milk that comes out mm-hmm. um, as they're nursing. And it's lower in fat content. Because it takes the body a minute to start making fat or something? No, just just the way it is. Yeah. It just is. 
And then as the milk further, as the, as, as more and more milk comes out, the fat content continues to increase. And as we get to the, to the to the back of the breast or the hind milk. I don't know how you say <laughs> back that. Of the breast. I don't want to say empty the breast. I hate the word empty when it comes to breasts because they're yeah. not empty. But um the milk that's fattier has higher fat content. Yeah. So the the breast like as it's draining becomes fattier. The milk becomes fattier as it's draining. So if your baby is an efficient feeder even if they're on for five minutes, they're draining, you know, they're, they're getting the milk that they need to get and they're going to be getting the fatty milk because your body is going to adapt to what your baby is doing. So we don't really need to worry if we put so much concentration into, my gosh, we need to leave the baby on a certain amount of time that it doesn't matter the time. It matters the baby and the feeding and the frequency of the feeding. That's what matters. The time is obsolete. Like we don't want to, we don't even care about that. It has nothing to do with the time. Your no, body does not switch to fatty milk after a certain amount of time. Because every baby, every baby feeds for different amounts of time. Some babies take a really long time to feed. Some babies take a short time to feed. Some breasts hold a lot of milk all at once. Some breasts hold smaller amounts of milk at once. And none of this matters. Nope. You just, your body knows. Your body just knows. Like, like, remember that humans have survived this long before this podcast where we were <laughs> f- discussing four milk and hind milk. Like, you know, your body knows your baby and knows how to make the milk and the appropriate amounts of nutrients. I mean, someone found out, I guess, that that the earlier milk you know, the milk that comes out first had a lower fat content than the later milk and then made a big freaking deal about it. Right. Like, and then made a whole thing about it. And it was like, no, that's just the way it is. And like your body knows what to do. And your body knows how to give your baby the appropriate amount of milk. There's no, there's no mystery here. There's no puzzle. There's no maze to get through to get to the you know the right answer for your baby your body's already got that set up you know skip the schedules breastfeed on demand and like we're done here right end of story goodbye (laughs) join us next week (laughs) so what she's saying here one of the things she says here is i'm going to read the worries because she puts she puts up some questions that are very, very common that all of you listening may have thought at one point or another. Confusion about foremilk and hind milk has led to all sorts of uncertainty. Are there two distinctly different types of milk? Does the baby need to breastfeed for a specific number of minutes before foremilk suddenly turns to hind milk? Can a baby miss out on hind milk altogether if he breastfeeds for too short a time? If this happens often, will his weight gain suffer? Sometimes health care providers get into the act telling breastfeeding mothers they should watch the clock to make sure their baby breastfeeds long enough to get the hind milk with the number of minutes recommended varying by whoever you're talking to. You're right. What do we really need to know about four milk and high milk? And is there any reason to worry? So that's those are like basically the questions I hear all the time. And are you seeing the same thing on social media? 
Like, Absolutely. Totally. How long should the baby stay on? Yeah, are they getting the hind milk? Right. You got to, you're my, you know, people like my baby's not gaining enough weight. Oh, are you making sure that your baby's getting, you know, hind milk? Cause then you get all the whole, you know, it turns into a big chat room with people who don't know what they're talking about, giving each other <laughs> all of this advice that they've read in the, on, you know, on blogs and stuff where everybody's concern and anxiety is now being exacerbated by information that's just not accurate. accurate. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely, you hear all these things and you hear all these concerns. Um, and yeah, you do. So what she says here is there are not two kinds of milk, which there is not. You have your breast milk and then you have your breast milk. That's what you have. <laughs> Despite this common belief, there is no magic moment when foremilk becomes high milk. As the baby breastfeeds, the increase in fat content is gradual with the milk becoming fattier and fattier over time as the breast drains more fully. So the more the baby eats and the more the baby's like drinking and draining, the fattier the milk becomes. Like it just, yeah, this, this concept always makes me laugh. It's like, you know, make sure your baby's feeding long enough. Like, is your baby feeding long enough on one breast? Like, how do you make a baby breastfeed? Right. Like, this is what I never understood was just like, well, no, you gotta, you know, you gotta make the baby drink longer on this breast. Well, I, I don't have any control over my baby's decision to like continue swallowing milk. Like they just stop when they're, they stop and then fall asleep and then. They're done. Like, and that's all you need to worry about. But I always love the thing. It's like, well, what's the alternative here? Forcing them to continue sucking and swallowing? Um, that's impossible. No, they're not gonna eat if they don't want to eat. And they yeah, and you don't need to worry about it. They're just gonna eat and whatever they're getting is perfect. And now this one here is for all those people that Abby was just talking about. Your baby's not getting the high milk, so they're not gonna gain any weight. The total milk consumed daily, not the hind milk, determines baby's weight gain. Whether babies breastfeed often for shorter periods or go for hours between feedings and feed longer, the total daily fat consumption does not actually vary. Yeah, right. I mean, it's like it all evens out in the end. And that's just like us, right? Yeah. Like it's really, it's just like us. It's just like larger humans. You you shouldn't be looking at like every single meal and every single thing. It's like kind of like, okay, everything all evens out in the end. And it's the same thing with babies. Right. Some you days you're going to be hungrier. Some days you're not going to be. Some days your baby's going to eat more. They're going to cluster feed more. They're going to be a little hungrier. They're growing. Some days they're going to be sleepier. They're not going to eat as much. It doesn't mean that they're not going to gain weight. It's all going to even out in the end. Right. Yeah. It's all, yeah, you don't need to stress over each feeding. No. And how they got at each feeding. And because it doesn't, that doesn't take into account what happened the rest of the day. And at the end of the day, when you measure all the babies, it all evens out. Yes. So try not and to. You don't need, I mean, again, how did we survive all this time <laughs> without knowing about this and not thinking about it? I know we really. You know, it's so cool. Our brains just get in our way. Like our bodies know what they're doing, and our brains just ruin everything. Is it really like we really think too much about this? Honestly, yeah. like we really are putting yeah. way too much effort into something that has been done naturally for so many years. 
Well, and I feel like there are entities that benefit from us freaking out about this and then deciding that our bodies aren't working and then we stop and then we buy a substitute and then, you know, the system continues. It's happy this way. Mm-hmm. This all fuels our capitalist system of, again, I know I am harping on this all the time, but it is true. You can't, you can't make money off of somebody breastfeeding their baby. Like we need to... W- our society and our system that operates that we're inside of benefits from us having all this bad information and perpetuates it through their marketing that, you know, your milk is not, they're not allowed to outright say that, but they will find a way to make you doubt your body and your ability to, for your body to nurture your baby. And there are no doubts there, but we have them all in our head. So should we talk more about that after so, we uh, oh, yeah, do our sure. sponsors? Because yes, I have a couple we'll things be... to add to that, too. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is sponsored by Sheila Darling Coaching. The transition to parenthood can be intense. Feelings of anxiety and depression are actually quite common. Your feelings should not be ignored. You deserve space where you can process this transition and all of the emotional and psychological changes that come with it. You may hear people telling you to just enjoy it or it all goes by so fast. These statements are dismissive of the changes we go through when we have a new baby. Transitioning to a new family member isn't always the peaceful journey we see on TV. Sheila Darling Coaching can be that professional support person that Diane and I are always saying there is no shame in getting. Sheila Darling is a social worker, a certified hypnotherapist, and mindfulness meditation teacher and could be your start to a more peaceful life. Head to SheilaDarling.com to schedule your consultation today and mention this podcast and get 10% off of a uh, coaching package. And today's episode is also brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products produced and packaged in California, USA. The Tahitian the Tahitian collection includes the Island Bliss Shampoo, the Luscious Island Conditioner, Protective Protein Mist, and Tahitian Hair Oil. Are for, all formulated with oils such as coconut oil, linseed oil, jojoba oil, mangango oil, and argan oil. These oils provide extra moisturizing to control frizz, prevent breakage, and restore dry and brittle strands, leaving your hair luscious, shiny, and soft. All of our, all of Original Sprouts products are paraben and phthalate-free, safe for everyone, vegan and cruelty-free. They are not just for babies. Check out the entire line at OriginalSprout.com. And use code BADASS for 25% off of your purchase. And these sponsors and their promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Our show notes also include further information about things we talked about in this episode. And at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you'll find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. And now you had something to add to my rant. Yes. <laughs> so one of the things that I was thinking of while you were saying that is that like, we always blame the mother, right? The oh, parent. Yeah. We always, yeah, absolutely. We always blame the feeding parent. Oh, your milk's not good enough. Your milk's not fatty enough. Your milk's not 
doesn't have enough calories in it. Oh my God, I still hate that one. Oh my God, the freaking calories. You know, every time there's something happening, we always blame the parent and that is not the case. There's nothing wrong with your milk. Your milk is fine. You have no control over it. So you can freak out. We can all freak out and feel guilty and shame and all that stuff. We have zero control over this. Our body knows what we're doing. We can have confidence and pride and empowerment in that. Our body knows exactly what to do. And anyone who says different is a freaking liar. (laughs) So what they're saying here too, research indicates there's no reason to worry about four milk and high milk to coax a baby to feed longer. As long as baby is breastfeeding effectively and the mother does not cut feeding short, baby will receive about the same amount of milk fat over the course of a day, no matter what the breastfeeding pattern. This is because the baby who breastfeeds more often consumes four milk higher in fat than the baby who breastfeeds less often. So in the end, it all evens out. The other thing that I wanted to make sure we talked about was the timed feeds. Timed feeds are are what screws everything up. Right. Right. Like that's where, like, basically that's what they're saying here. If you're going to be timing your baby, that's just where you're going to run into problems with four milk and high milk. So it's when people give you that suggestion of how long is baby staying on? What are they doing? What are they doing while they're on there? Are they breastfeeding frequently enough? Are they on for a certain amount of time. Oh, they shouldn't be on for that long. That's the other one that gets me too. When people say, oh, well, my baby is breastfeeding or, you know, been on the breast for 20 minutes. Oh, they shouldn't be on that long. A baby doesn't need that long. (laughs) Anything after 10 minutes is just them doing, you know, just them pacifying. And manipulating you. you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're manipulating you. I mean, we should not be timing them. Get rid of the timing. Those stupid apps that are like all every. Oh, well, I got to I got to start my app so it can tell me exactly how long my baby is feeding for down to the second. Don't worry about it. Ridiculous. No, don't. No. And don't. Yeah, you can't. I forgot what I was going to (laughs) say. I was was just going to start ranting again. And I forgot. The timed feeds are not necessary. And they are going to like, if you are cutting your baby off at a certain time and switching them, okay, only 15 minutes on this breast and then switching them to the, to the other side, you're not letting them do what they need to do. You're not letting them feed efficiently. Oh, that was what I was going to say. It's so much more than food. Yes. There's so much going on here. There is like, they're not just feeding. So like they're feeding on and off. You might not even know. Sometimes you do know if you get to kind of learn the suckle and the feel, whatever, maybe not. It doesn't matter because this is the, you know, you've heard all of our other episodes. If you've heard our other episodes um, about, you know, like, you know, we talk about this a lot in like bed sharing episodes where like you are the only environment that they are acclimated to. They, you can't, you're, they're just going to be there doing what they need to do. And it all goes together. There's no separation between like, oh, they're just comfort nursing or they're, you know, now they're feeding and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You don't need to dissect it and know what they're doing every second. And then one thing is wrong and one thing is good. Just put them on there. Nothing's wrong. It's a baby. Like if you're putting them, if you're, if you're latching them and responding to their needs, it doesn't matter what kind of milk they're getting. You know, they're right. just, they're, they're getting what they need to get. 
whenever yep. there is an issue, whenever I see a problem with like, you know, four milk, kind milk, the only time I ever really talk about a four milk, kind milk thing is if there is an oversupply issue and then there's way too much milk and then the baby isn't able to really, you know, like there's just too much milk to deal with. So then we kind of fall into like a four milk, high milk issue with something like that. But that's the only time I ever really talk about it is when there is an oversupply problem. So if you are just, you know, feeding your baby, there's no issues. There's no problems. They're gaining weight. Like, why are we even thinking about it? I know. The majority of people don't even need to think about this. Right. And but also if you have an oversupply issue and you're working on like trying to get control over that, um, you you also don't need to worry about four milk and hind milk. No. I mean, this is something to like, you know, something that contributes to issues with oversupply. But you don't need to like you don't if you're dealing with an oversupply, then just get some help dealing with the oversupply or deal with the oversupply. Don't dissect the oversupply and think about all the different ways that you can worry about your oversupply. (laughs) It's not necessary. Just like, you know, okay, there's some issues that you know, if you have an oversupply, you are very aware of the issues that come with oversupply. You're experiencing them. You know, there's clogged ducts and mastitis and all the there's a whole long list of things that are problematic with an oversupply and so if you have an oversupply then like okay there's ways that we can deal with that we can you know you know a lactation consultant or maybe you just know on your own like how to deal with that and what works for you and then just do that you know there's all kinds of ways that we can worry about different things and like I love that we have like access to all of this information and you know people love like you know evidence-based, you know, research and, and, you know, we talk about all this stuff, but it's not necessary for like every single person to know every single thing about every single thing. It's not helpful when you're actually just trying to feed your baby, you know, just deal with an issue and then, you know, focus on that. And then, you know, things will all work out once the oversupply is kind of managed, you know, things will go, things will go smoothly and you'll never even have to, you know, spend your time, you know, freaking out about the four milk and the hind milk. Yeah. It shouldn't be something that we're even worrying about. Right. Right. It's an interesting discussion if you're interested in breast milk, if you're interested in kind of the science behind that and whatever, but like uh, applying that to you just at home trying to feed your baby, that's not going to, those don't mingle well. All Mm -hmm. it does is cause you stress. And it's not necessary, that piece of information. And so I don't want to say like, oh, we should censor what we tell parents. Absolutely not. We should never censor anything. And people should have all the information that they need to be successful. But this is not information that you need to be successful. This is not, this is not, this is not a worry. No, at least it should not be at all. Right. right. It shouldn't. Yeah. This shouldn't be on anybody's list of worries. So there's another, um, I'm going to read another one of her little paragraphs here because I love one of the things she says in this. What's most important to a baby's weight gain and growth is the total volume of milk consumed every 24 hours. On average, babies consume about 750 milliliters of milk per day. And that is about 25 ounces. I Googled that. My brain doesn't do that kind of math. 
Uh, get the Google calendar out or the calculator. I yes. always do that. I'm like, hold on a second. I know, right? I kind of convert these inches to centimeters and centimeters to inches. I'm like, hold on, hold on. I know. So that's about 25 ounces per day. People ask me all the time, how much should a baby get per day? So it's about 25 ounces or so. As far as growth is concerned, it doesn't matter if a baby takes 30 milliliters every hour or 95 milliliters every three hours, as long as he receives enough milk overall. In fact, researchers have found that whether babies practice the frequent feedings of traditional cultures or the longer intervals common in the West, they talk, they take about the same amount of milk each day and get about the same amount of milk fat. So it really like when they looked at all these babies no matter where they are, they're all doing the same thing. Right. In the cultures where babies really are just on the parent's chest, they're born, they're on the on the parent's chest feeding. Once the parent starts walking around again, they're tied to their chest in a mm-hmm. wrap and they're just there. That's where they live always. They just and feed so they what have, they want. They just have access to the breast at all times. And then over here, we're just like, well, yes, I didn't do that too much. I didn't two or three hours a month, whatever. And, and, you know, and, and she's saying, like, at the end of the day, actually, it all evens out. Yeah. So, you know, another reason to just not worry about it. No, it all is OK. It's all OK. They're getting enough fat and they're getting enough calories for crying out loud. <laughs> I love it how like a baby, it's just like you need more fat, and you need more calories. And then you get to be a grown up and it's like you have too much fat and you have too many calories. Oh, oh my, my God. It's I such know. a mind. F- I know. There was one time when I used to work for the WIC department, they came in like this. um, uh, It was like a task force for obesity. Oh, my God. Talk to us. Right. Oh, my God. And they were like starting, you know, the education pieces based on two year olds. And I was like, why aren't we starting? Like, why aren't we focusing on how we're feeding early? You know, because we know that bottle feeding is linked to more obesity. Yeah, yeah. We know that. So why aren't we doing that kind of education from the very start? And they're like, we don't do that. We only go from the age two. Yeah, so do you remember? Because that was Michelle Obama's thing, right? Her Mm -hmm. childhood obesity, that was like her, because every first lady has like a thing. Yeah. Her thing was childhood obesity, right? Yeah. And so I always thought that. I always thought that. I was like, why isn't there more about this about breastfeeding and everything that she's talking about and all these initiatives that she started and all this, you know, the whole big thing with the breastfeeding was not a part of the discussion. No, never. And is. I'm like, come on, man. This is like exactly where it starts. I know. And also don't get me started on obesity because like whatever, that's a, that's very a multifaceted issue. It's totally way yeah. more than what we're going to talk about in the next couple of minutes at the end of this podcast. But but we really focus on like when it comes to babies and breastfeeding, we're like, are yeah. they getting what they need? Are they getting we really don't trust the process. Your body is going to do what they need it to do. But then if your baby doesn't look as chunky as the breastfed baby next door, then you worry about the fat in your milk. You worry about the hind milk. You worry about. No, this is the way your baby is supposed to be designed. That's the way well, they're designed. Yeah. And for pumping people, too, because people will pump milk and then they'll have a bunch of uh, like fat will separate mm-hmm. to the top. And then people are like, oh, my God, look at all the fat that she has. I don't have that much fat on my pump milk. And then I'm not getting enough fat. How do I get, you know, uh, uh, it doesn't know because that baby needs more fat than your baby. That's just what your body, their body is making milk for that baby. Your ba- your body's making milk for your baby. There's no, you can't compare. 
There's nothing. It's always right. It's perfect. The milk in that bottle is perfect. The milk in this bottle is perfect. There's no need to think about it. No, you there's no to... such thing as your body making the wrong milk for your baby. And, I, you know, I was thinking about that whole pumping thing when we first started this episode. And I think you had said something or read something. I don't know. But like, how would they have even known for milk and high milk without pumping? You know what I mean? Like without right. looking at even, yeah. expressed milk. I don't even think it would be if nobody really thinks about it unless they see their milk expressed. Yeah, it's true. Well, I'm sure people worry about it all across the board because then they're like, oh, my God. Well, they said they were supposed to feed for 15 minutes on this breast because they need to get the hind milk. But my baby will only feed for eight minutes and I can't get them to go back on. You're not a magician. So they're not getting the hind milk. Yes, they are. You can't like you. you, Yeah. Your baby stopped because they're done and your body knows it and your baby knows it. And so get get over it. I always try to tell people it is more about what the baby's doing when they're there and not about the amount of time that they're there. Like you can't worry about the amount of time that they're there. It's what they're doing. And I even consider that like for very, very newborns and sometimes, you know, how newborns will just like sit and suckle and doze and, you know, like that's how they'll stay. So I'm like, well, we want, you know, we want to look at the amount of time that they're actually feeding. Like we don't, we don't want you to keep a baby on the breast for, you know, or on your chest for 15 minutes if they're not feeding, you know, like we want them to actually be feeding. So we want to stimulate them and wake them and, you know, keep them, you know, kind of going so that they're feeding. But we, you know, it's not about the time. It's what they're doing while they're there. You know, they need, they need the suckle time. They need the cuddle time. They need the feed time. They need all of that. They don't just need to, okay, you were there for five minutes. Did you get what you need? Did you get the, you know, it's not, it's not about that. It's about like the whole thing. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't dissect everything that's going on there. It's a whole no. thing where there's a million things going on all at once. And it's all works perfectly. You don't need to worry about it. No. So your milk is perfect. Don't worry about what's there. <laughs> right. You don't need to worry about if somebody says like, oh, four milk, kind milk to you. Just be like, no, 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 don't don't put that in my head. Don't no, mm-mm. just squash it. Yep. Squash it. And you're good. Another another myth squashed. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.